Hey there! Welcome to the Imperfectly Pollyanna podcast, where we talk about real life, always imperfect, but always finding the good, whether in faith, homeschool, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, licensed medical professional, certified health coach, and eternal optimist. I am so glad you're here. So can you be sad and still trust God? I don't really know where to begin today. I would say it's kind of funny, but it's not really. Crazy, maybe? Scary? I don't know. The irony of when you pray for certain things, like praying for the ability to trust God more, or to be patient, have more courage, and especially with me lately, to have wisdom. Even this morning, I prayed for wisdom, even though I wasn't sure exactly what I needed wisdom for. Like, I couldn't pinpoint one instance, but I just knew and still know that I long for wisdom. Then in true form, when you pray for something, God doesn't give it to you, does he? (laughs) You aren't automatically patient. It never fails. You pray for patience and suddenly your kids are fighting, your house is a mess, work is stressful, dinner isn't planned or ready, schedules get switched, something falls apart, and so do you. At least that's how I feel. My devotional today had a little takeaway that said, strength grows through struggles, courage develops in challenges, and wisdom matures from wounds. I read the takeaway after I had already done my devotional because they actually post it on Instagram. And so I read it after I done my devotional, after I had prayed for wisdom, strength, and courage, but it was before we got a call. I shared recently about how the first of the year sort of fell apart (laughs) between my daughter breaking her wrist, our family getting COVID, and my dog having surgery. Oh yeah, and our van broke down. Well, well, it didn't break down. The, the window got messed up. Whatever. Anyway, it seems as though the second month of the year isn't starting all that great either. I'm not sure if I've shared this in a previous episode or not, but about eight years or, or so ago, I had lost my very first fur baby. His name was Mocha. He was this beautiful chocolate cocker spaniel. I loved him. It was fast, um, and he was only about nine years old. Whenever he died, he lost weight, became lethargic, and we were all sure that it was cancer, but didn't want to put him through the testing when it likely wouldn't prolong his life. I had finally decided it was time to let him go, and as I lay beside him one night, I prayed for God to just take him. I desperately didn't want to put him down. (laughs) I just didn't want to go through that. So I cried out to God and let him know that to please, like, just please let him go that night while I was at home. Because if not, I was going to call the vet the next day and take him in. Now, I'm not going to go into detail for this episode. I don't want to be a complete hot mess because I'm sure I'm going to get a little bit emotional here in just a minute too. But despite the heartbreak, God showed love and Mocha took his last breath while laying on my arm that night. I was sad but also relieved and thankful all at the same time. 
Fast forward a few months, I happened to come across a picture on Facebook of a gorgeous black dog that was up for adoption at animal control. Now, we were not looking for a dog to take Mocha's place. I didn't even have a desire to scroll groups or look online. It just happened to come up in my feed, and I couldn't help but show her to my husband. (laughs) She was a 10-month-old, jet-black, husky shepherd mix named Midnight. My husband simply said, so I guess we're going to go see her. (laughs) So off we went to animal control, only to find out that in her short 10 months on Earth, she had already had two owners and was known as a Houdini. I told her several times we should have changed her name to that. She had escaped her second owners so many times, three to be exact. In fact, the last time they found her across the bridge and the river in another state, those owners decided to relinquish her so that they didn't have to um, pay any more cost to animal control finding her. So as soon as we came to her kennel, she leaps up onto the gate and looks at us with this crazy eye that she's got going on. And her tongue was flopping out of her mouth in excitement. And, well, I was in love. The rest was history. Animal control thought that we had lost our minds when we came out and wanted to not only take her for a walk, but take her home. I mean, guys, she was so crazy. She would pull on the... um on the leashes. She would run off. She was just, she was crazy, uncontrollable. So later that week, we came to pick her up and within two hours of having her home, guess what she did? She had completely jumped our six foot privacy fence and went to play in the creek. (laughs) I was like, animal control is going to kill us. (laughs) We've not even had her for a full day yet. And I saw her several times after that jump over our fence with no effort at all. We had no idea that that was just the beginning of her shenanigans. She was constantly escaping the backyard. So we put her on one of those ropes um, so that she could just go around in the yard whenever whenever she was outside for playtime. Then she went on to pull it out of the ground, jumping over the fence. And, well, yeah, she drove us bonkers. She destroyed the kennel because she struggled with separation anxiety. She has struggled with anxiety since we got her. And ironically enough... I have struggled with anxiety most of my life, as well as PTSD, so we bonded pretty quickly. It got to the point, once we earned her trust, and she realized we weren't going to send her away, but we would always come after her, she began to relax. She was part of our family, and no amount of crazy antics would change that. When my daughter came home from the hospital less than a year later, She couldn't help but stand at the rock and play and just stare at my daughter like she was watching over her. She was guarding that girl. (laughs) And a couple years after that, I was lying on my daughter's bedroom floor and Midnight came in, laid right up next to me, like with her back against my chest and stomach, like we were spooning, you know, (laughs) I was the big spoon, but she wouldn't move. Like she laid perfectly still up against me. Let me explain. She never sat still that long. So to lay next to me, especially in that way and for that long, it totally threw me off. And I wasn't sure what was going on until I found out a few days later that I was not only pregnant, but already miscarrying. She has been quick to sense whenever I'm anxious about anything and will come to me, annoy me or stare at me until I pet her and then stay there until she knows I've relaxed. We've helped each other through some pretty stressful moments. And well, I just love her so much. 
I noticed a pretty fat tumor on her arm several months ago, and it got big very quickly. Then she began messing with it, like biting at it. So the vet decided to remove it, and still being fairly certain that it wasn't anything to be concerned about, they still went ahead and sent it off for lab work. Today, we got the results back, and it's not good. It's a grade 2 soft tissue carcinoma that is a local aggressive tumor. Due to the kind it is, there is no chemo or radiation available, and it is very likely to regrow. So we're taking her back this week to be checked out again. They want to check to make sure that that swelling that we saw after she had her staples removed, that it's still going down, and that the swelling's just due to the surgery and not from the cancer. But it may come time to make some hard decisions, including amputating her leg. She's about to be nine years old. Same as Mocha. And while I'm still trying to process it all, I feel a bit like I'm reliving loss. Not just the loss of Mocha, but just that loss in general, you know? When I was still living at home, we had a dog named Buffy. And she had this tumor on her arm. I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe that they tried to remove it and it did regrow. So instead of putting her through anything, they kept it wrapped up. But I remember her chewing at it, the oozing, the smell. It was was awful. Until it got to the point of we just didn't want to put her through anything anymore. And at that point, she was also old and blind. So my parents made the difficult decision to put her down. When I first found the tumor on midnight, I felt like I was thrown back into time. So bringing this back around to what I was saying before, With the praying, there's this saying to be careful what you pray for. This morning, I simply asked for wisdom, courage, and strength, not knowing what was ahead. Now we are faced with some hard decisions in which we will need all three of those things. I'm quite sure there are people out there who may think it's just a dog. It happens. (laughs) Or maybe some would think there's no point in praying for an animal. I mean... Does God care about them? Of course he does. He created them. He provides for them. And while that's wonderful and encouraging, have you ever wondered if it's okay or if it's possible to have a negative emotion like sadness while still trusting and having faith? I know I have. Logically, I feel like it's pretty straightforward that it should be okay to feel the things and still not fall off your path with God. But man, when you're an overthinker, (laughs) you may begin questioning it all. Or you may not even think about it until after the fact. You may be in a time in your life when you're trying to make the right decisions, grow in your walk with the Lord, or even find Him at all. Maybe you've wondered what the point of it all is. I know that there have been several times I've literally told God, Can you just tell me what lesson I'm supposed to be learning? Or I've said, Is it necessary that I go through this again? Asking him the hard questions, the honest questions, doesn't make you any less of a believer or follower. It doesn't mean you are a weaker Christian or cause his love for you to be any less. See, the growth happens in the fire. We grow stronger in the struggles. 
just like working out at the gym or working out at home, whatever, that's whenever muscles are formed, right? We have to work out to build those muscles. So we go stronger in the struggles. Courage comes when we go through challenges because we won't know how to have it if we never experience hard stuff. How can you be courageous? You are courageous because you work through the hard things. And wisdom happens not when we just read up on a subject, become educated, (laughs) follow the science. (laughs) But it happens when we have gotten through something and learned from it. We gather the wisdom from the wounds. And all of that said, it doesn't mean that we have to repeat things in order to gather the strength, courage, and wisdom. We can pray for those things and know that each moment prepares us to be better equipped for the next thing. That may not be very encouraging when you think, okay, but why does life have to be so hard? Can't I just not have to go through something to be ready for the next thing? I've been there. So if you've felt that before, you're not alone. But if we can get past the thought that life is not happening to us, but for us, that's when we can begin to see the world through a different lens. I look back at the pains of the past. Some are things I brought upon myself and were therefore the consequences of my own actions. Others were from situations outside of my control and I was simply caught in the crossfire. However, there are these tiny glimpses that I see now. Flashes of light onto a situation when I can see God working. In the situation with Midnight, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't. I know what I hope will happen. But when I take a step back and look at the day today as a whole, I remember my time this morning. <laughs> and over the last few days, actually, when all I could pray was, give me wisdom. Just give me wisdom. And then I see what has transpired today. I have to trust that in the midst of the sadness and worry, there is hope. There is good. I know I am loved. I know I am chosen. Maybe this is an opportunity to not only test my faith, but to also be an example to the vet staff. Who knows? Because while my heart hurts, It also knows that my priority in life is to follow my purpose. If I am to take the path God desires for me, then I cannot expect it to be easy or to always understand the why. I have to trust that this will be also for his glory. Perhaps this is a chance for God to show me that he has answered my prayers for strength, courage, and wisdom so that I can then turn around and encourage someone else. There is so much more to life than just living day to day. Everything moves together for meaning. It is full of pains and sorrow, just like it is full of joy and peace. I know I have felt the deepest pain and losses of my best friend and my babies. I have felt anger, resentment, Bitterness, fear, confusion. I'm sure you have as well. It used to be I couldn't see past the pain because it burned. The pain burned so much. 
that I could only feel the hard. Now that I'm in a different part of life, I'm seeing it in new ways. I'm realizing I can feel the pain and still hold to the truth that it will all work together for the good. If I can, I'd like to speak some encouragement into your life today. I don't know what you've been through or the pains you have experienced. I don't know what your current worry or struggle may be. It may be with your marriage, your children, your job, your church, a friendship, a big decision, a consequence of you or someone else's actions. I don't know. But me knowing isn't what matters. What matters is that you know that it is okay to feel the pain. It's okay to be sad or angry or confused. It doesn't mean you are loved any less. It doesn't mean you are any less chosen for a purpose. We were made in the image of God, our creator. He sees you. He sees what you're going through and the decisions you are having to face. He knows how you're feeling. He knows that you need strength, courage, and wisdom. He is here and willing to give you all of that. You need only ask. Maybe you don't even know what exactly to ask for. Like me not knowing why I was asking for wisdom, maybe you aren't sure what is ahead, but you know you need help. You need only ask. He is listening. If you've doubted his ability to hear you, his ability to push past the barriers that you've built up because of past pains, his ability to take a hard situation and turn it around for the good, he can handle and overcome it all. Because he loves you. He wants so much for you. The strength, courage, and wisdom you seek is ultimately found in him. They are found and then built even stronger when we are put in the fire, in the trials. And once you have those things within reach, I pray you take a step forward and trust that it will all work together for the good. We can have those things, but what's the point if we don't put them into practice? Step out in faith. Take action. You've got this. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing support or encouragement. If that's you, you found a friend. If you've connected to this episode in any way, I'd love you to share it with someone you know and care about. I hope you'll continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved. And I'm glad you're here. See you next time.